The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover! Step back! Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. It is the 125th edition the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, also in Five Points. Chris Brame from the home team, David Johnston from the morning show. You uh, stir that up and you get the crossover podcast. We will be breaking down the, the small hands of Jake Fromm on today's edition of the uh, crossover yes, podcast. Yes, we will. No, no. As we record this, though, it is exciting. It's it's a Thursday, which is when we normally do it. Not always, but for the most part on Thursdays. Exactly three weeks from today, the NCAA tournament will begin. So it's hard to believe, but that is not, uh, not that long at all. The regular season winding down, and we'll have brackets and tourney action three weeks from uh, today. So fired so up I, about that. Can I test your NCAA basketball knowledge? Sure. Name who you think is going to be the national player of the year. <laughs> we tried to do this this morning, and we did not do very well. In um, fact, we failed horribly. The national player, well, it's not going to be Anthony Edwards, who every time I watch Georgia play, he does yeah. get called the uh, top freshman in the country. Yeah. Um, it's, it, is it the kid from Iowa? I, Garza. I, I don't know. Because Iowa's got a guy, but Iowa's only sort of average. Well, all we could come up with, and we had to get a little help, Cassius Winston at Michigan State. Okay. OB Toppin at Dayton. OB Toppin, yeah. And uh, honestly, there's like, it's it's really, there's, and basically the point is, there's no, there's not a name player out there. No, I think Kansas is the best team, and they don't really have like a yeah. guy. Uh, the only thing I know about Kansas is they they had a guy get suspended for the rest of the year. Yeah, because they brawled with because they brawled with their rivals. They're about to play again, I think, aren't they? Yeah, I think, I think maybe so. that might be this weekend. But in the SEC, I mean, it's I I, I don't know. Last year it was uh, it was all about um, Zion. Yeah, he, he was knew an about easy Zion, one. but college basketball. I guess because of the one and done and the fact that the the best players don't stay in college very long, it's about the coaches. The yeah. coaches are the names in college basketball. It's not the players. And that's, so when we're all filling out our brackets, we're going to be placing teams through the brackets that we've never seen and don't know any of their players, and we'll be doing it again. We'll be frustrated if we don't do well, even though we don't know any of the players. Well, that's what, what I've thought about Baylor. Baylor's a great team, yeah. having a great year. Yeah, I – I, I, co- I couldn't name a player I right know. now, but I know Scott, no, they're good. Scott Drew's one of those coaches, yeah. like a lot of coaches, that the really good ones, eventually their time comes. Right. And his, uh, his could be this year. There's another thing. If you, if you go and you, you start looking back and digging through recent national champs, those two UConn teams in 11 and 14 are, are constantly the outliers there. But like every coach that has, has won the national title other than – um, well, I guess most recently because it was Kevin Ollie. I guess yeah. Calhoun was actually still there in eleven, yeah. but that fourteen UConn team is the, the one re- that won the tournament with five straight wins. Yeah, yeah, but they're the ones that kind of like really break some things up. But like every coach has at least been to the Sweet Sixteen if they're winning a national title, right? So you know, for some of these teams this year, like I guess Anthony Grant, 
Unless he went to one at Bama. I don't think he did. Yeah, so if you're kind of liking Dayton, Anthony All right, Gr- so you're saying the team that's going to win it is going to have a coach that's previously taken a team to the Sweet 16. At least to the Sweet 16. Okay. Like the one exception is Kevin, Kevin Ollie and... And that you know when I was saying the fi- that was the five straight wins in the Big East tournament is that what it was then they were still the Big East yeah yeah, yeah. and they had that was I guess the that was Shabazz Napier was the yeah. the guy they had yeah. then who just got hot at that the right time of year so when someone says hey well UConn did it hey the dogs in the tornado year they got to the tournament that just doesn't mean anything that's not very likely to happen no. for other teams. Although Tom Crean's been to the Sweet 16. Yes, he has. <laughs> so. so all he needs to do is win the SEC tournament. Yeah, and get in there, and he'll. Yeah. he's he's had a couple Sweet 16s and even a Final Four. And even a Final Four. He had Dwayne Wade, then he had Victor Oladipo. Yeah. And now he's got the Ant-Man, yeah. who's, who is uh, compared to Oladipo. I like the, uh, like the, the game as we're recording this last night at South Carolina. Edwards' last two games, he has attempted a total of 21 two-point field goals. It was another just crushing loss for Georgia in overtime at South Carolina. But I liked finally seeing him. Go, he, got, he got to the free throw line a lot. He was attacking the rim. I know he had that stretch where they said he was battling the flu. Mm-hmm. And he had that one game at Texas A&M where he ended up only scoring six points, although he did play like 28 minutes. He didn't attempt a single two-point shot in that game. Yeah. And it was you know, it was six or seven three point shots, but the, finally these last two games, like Edwards is, he's not just back there hitting like attempting fadeaway threes. He's he's taken twenty one now two point field goal attempts in the last two games. Like it might it's it's too little too late now, but like finally he's doing that. And last night he played the whole game. He was terrific. I even thought there was that that uh, drive to the basket where he switched over and made that left-handed layup. He got fouled on that, but they didn't call it. Yeah, um, he was. Yeah, and you can see now why you look at these mock drafts, and it's either Wiseman or Edwards that are all. You know, that they're all saying it's one of those two guys that'll be the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, I, yeah. Now we're seeing it. It's not the Anthony Edwards that's one for seven shooting the three and those are all seven of his shots in a game and this it's the Edwards we saw last night yeah and they're just like these pull up really like long distance yeah. I guess yeah. I guess maybe they're NBA range threes yeah um and even, I wish he had gotten the ball in the last second there just to see what would have happened last night yeah the uh on the play that the, the charge the wheeler yeah 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 then that was it was tough because he That's caught a, the ball at half court. I know. And Frank and he was Martin almost was ready so to lose open. it. Yeah. yeah. It was like, whoa. Cozart saved him by taking a good charge yeah, there. absolutely. But that was, real, that was a bad defensive effort. Uh, exactly. It was. And the dogs had a chance. And just like football, couldn't uh, couldn't beat the Gamecocks in That's overtime. That's eight straight losses to them in Isn't hoops. that crazy? That is crazy. Um, but, yeah. Now – the rest of the way, Arkansas coming up this weekend, and then Florida and LSU. Yeah, and Arkansas, like South Carolina, is going to be a team that's desperate, fighting for their uh, tournament life. They blew out Tennessee the other night, and they've got what you know they've got Georgia, and then I believe they host LSU and maybe close with A and M. So Arkansas is yeah. definitely looking at they've got three very winnable games with a chance to 
fight back to right around 500 in league play and put themselves on the uh, on the bubble there at least. Yeah, it's not looking so good for the SEC right now. I think what they're going to get four and maybe five teams. Yeah. I would yeah. think. And Kentucky, Auburn, LSU, and Florida are in, and yeah. then maybe one other team. But yeah, that's going to be it. At, yeah, State, South Carolina, yeah, would be the uh, the next two top contenders. Right, right. Now Arkansas is that that funky team where their their RPI is better than a bunch of teams ahead of them yeah. in the SEC standings. So I don't know if they were able to get to nine and nine but in like the league. Said, they got to win their last wins. three games just to be five hundred in the league. Yeah. In a league that's not as good as it has been. Right. I mean, it is doable. They come here, they yeah, and it's LSU at home and then Texas A&M on the road, so they'll be favored in all three of those yeah. games. So they'll be favored here on Saturday? Yeah, I think so. It'll be, be pretty close. It'll be close, but... What did last night close? Five and a half? Five and a half. It didn't change. Easy cover. Everybody on both sides sweating that thing when it went to overtime. Yeah. Well, well, it's like, well, I guess if you were if you were on Georgia, you didn't want yeah, overtime. Yeah, if, if you were South Carolina, you were glad to get you it. You needed it, but you didn't. It didn't help you anyway. Then at one point, they did get it. They stretched it to five. Yeah, and Georgia, you know, but then I guess they had Georgia scored, and then South Carolina turned it over on that inbounds. Right. And um, yeah, the one where he was standing on the inline. Yeah. And then that's when Frank Martin began his oh his idiocy. He's one of those guys, like when I see him in interviews, when you see him just kind of in a non-game situation, he seems like a, I mean, he seems like an okay guy. He seems like a good guy. And then when the ball gets tipped off, he turns into a maniacal coach. Yeah. He's I crazy. mean, just, just cussing those guys yeah. out. Yeah. Right there on the court. And, you know. Yeah, I, it's I, like timeout. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't know what he – the guy's been, got the final four there. I mean, they're really good, but He's I don't know what he – He's a coach. I don't know what he thinks. Like, you know, this kid took a, a three-pointer he didn't want to take. I, I don't know that cussing him out is going <laughs> to make him any less likely to do that next time. I don't get it. <laughs> but, I mean, used to see that with Bobby Knight, and it was celebrated. Then after a while, you realize – this isn't something to be celebrated. No, this not, is terrible. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, and I, 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 it was several years ago, but I'll never forget. They were playing Oklahoma State, and they were winning by like twenty. They were blowing them You're out. Talking about South Carolina, South Carolina. Frank Martin. Yeah. Um. So they're they're blowing this team out. They're about four minutes left in the game. I don't remember exactly what happened. But he called a timeout and spent the entire timeout cussing this kid yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And, and everybody's watching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just had the camera right yeah. on him. Yeah. And it was just like, what? what is going on yeah, here? Yeah, this is uncomfortable. Because they were winning by like 20. The yeah. game was basically over, but yeah. I guess he, was, he saw a teachable moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've uh, – in that, like that Netflix series, uh, Last Chance You – and I'm sure somebody's listening and considering this the wussification of America. But <laughs> the thing that, like, one thing I've taken from that that interests me is, and I don't know if it's done intentionally or not, but it's definitely, it, it's something I've noticed about it. But when you watch those players, the parts where they're in a classroom and their professors are teaching them or the, the guidance counselor's talking to them and the way they talk to the players versus the way football coaches talk yeah. to them, and 
it's like I don't know why football coaches feel the need like that's how they have mm-hmm. to get their point across is these teaching moments because like what if like the professors decided because there was like this one kid in the last season who was you know had to write this essay and you know the teacher gets the the essay back and there's all these mistakes on it. it's like well we went over that or whatever but like what if she just started going <laughs> yeah. you stupid bleeping moron <laughs> yeah. why did you put that comma there yeah, yeah. but it's, so it's just like it's fascinating to me that like that's how football coaches they they feel the need to, to well, teach and get points a, across there is a term for like um actions are different in different environments or different workplaces i, I don't know what the term is now we're getting into sociology and psychology and all that stuff and i'm not saying what you're saying is right or wrong i'm just saying for whatever reason different environments have different mentalities and uh, you know it's it's uh just how it is like was it um was it izzo last year where he you know it was that moment where he would he actually physically touch the guy yeah where he kind of jacked it. It was in the tournament last year. Yeah, in the tournament. He kind of jacked. There was another one where uh, Jeremy Pruitt did it to, uh, was it Garantano? Yeah. He like changed the play. Yeah, face mask. Although that was a... (laughs) That was a bad play for Tennessee. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but I guess, and I'm not saying, it seems like sometimes when they're grabbing them and they touch them, obviously that looks bad and that's probably taken a little too far. But there is that term, and I don't know what it is for, just things are different. You you teach things differently in different environments. Uh, well, I, in and, a, and on the athletic field, it's different than it is in a classroom. In you know, on the battlefield, it's different than it is, you know, if you're talking to your guidance counselor. I think when it comes to, like, these sports and these coaches, it's kind of like the attitude is like, well, that's how it's always been. Coaches yelled at me and they cussed me out and they physically abused me, and so it makes it right. But it's like, well, it was never right when it happened then. Right. And it's not right now. So, you know, you evolve, hopefully. And some coaches have, but others haven't. But I just... I mean, imagine like if though, these players, when they're in class, if like their professors would never be allowed to cuss them out if they made mistakes on paper. So <laughs> I don't know why it's yeah. like it's it, it is sort of deemed acceptable when it comes to to coaches doing it. But no, when you look back now on Bobby Knight, I mean, just about everyone realizes the guy was a, a tyrant and yeah. I mean, honestly shouldn't be celebrated in any way, even though I think Indiana did have him back. This year was a the 20th of anniversary ago. of him finally coming back. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I didn't watch it. I didn't either because yeah. the guy to me is like there's, he, yeah. you know, he, I mean, no one should respect that, right, that yeah, guy. Yeah, he was, uh, he was an interesting dude to uh, to say the least. Yeah. But anyway. Frank Martin has, not saying he's Bobby Knight, but he's got his moments where you just look at him and go, man, what is up with yeah, him? Yeah, I mean, I, to me, it's like that That was just like, that's despicable yeah. behavior. Yeah. But maybe I'm just a wuss. The wussification of <laughs> yeah. society. But I'm just, again, if, when those players are in class now today, I mean, if one of their professors, like, yeah. if that's how, if they berated them like that publicly because they didn't put a comma in the right place. Right. I mean, that's what you're looking at there. Like, those guys are, it's, you know, you're in the you know the heat of battle there in a game i mean they're gonna make mistakes and i'm pretty sure like cussing them out in front well, of a know, crowd of people it's so gonna... loud you know, if you don't yell at them they won't hear you i guess not it's yeah. the fan. you don't have fans in the classroom but you have them at the games yeah but um <laughs> hey maybe maybe that's the problem tom Crean doesn't uh he doesn't cuss his guys out publicly enough <laughs> that's right so george maybe only... he saves it for 
after the game. Yeah, I mean, or, closed you know, doors. Yeah, I in guess. the locker room. I don't know. Yeah. But, hey, we're three weeks from the tournament. and um, So I can start filling out my bracket of teams that I haven't seen play, and I don't yep. know any of their players. Well, just remember – I just need to know their coach's background. Yeah. Coach has to have at least – to win it all, has to have at least been to the Sweet 16. So Ollie hadn't taken UConn. That was his first year? Yeah, no, when they I think it that. was his first year. Yeah. yeah, so he was the last one who had not, uh, who had that not is been. Interesting. How many coaches have won a title when they hadn't previously been to a Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, because you're looking have to at, look that up. Yeah, because you're looking at. I mean, was Tony Bennett last year? You know, Nova, North Carolina, Duke, Shashevsky had been to a few. Uh, then you had the UConn team, then Louisville with Patino, then Calipari, Kentucky, at UConn and Calhoun, Shashevsky again, Roy again, Bill Self, Florida, Florida. By the way, you're about to get to Tubby. He had previously taken a team to the Sweet 16 called Georgia. Yes. <laughs> when he won the title at Kentucky. Yeah, so he had been. He'd done it. At least did he do the, it at Tulsa also? I think he did, yeah. He that's, why, that's kind of what put him on the radar. Yeah, why he was on everybody's radar back then yeah all right the crossover podcast is presented by fully loaded pizza kitchen in watkinsville also five points in athens you can uh, listen anytime you want on demand at 960theref.com or better yet download the 960theref app and get all of our on-demand content and programming there whenever you want it you can also listen to the ref live uh, anywhere you are anytime and stream Georgia sports programming, too, within a 75-mile radius of Athens. There is a big baseball series coming up this weekend. We'll uh, talk a little bit about uh, that and maybe mix in some Braves, too. I don't. Freddie Freeman ended last year with uh, a bad elbow. He had surgery on it, and now he's uh, missing spring training games because his elbow is still bothering him. But the team but hey, says... good. Nothing to see here. team Move says on. don't worry, and yeah. Freddie says he's not worried yeah. about it, so... We'll uh, talk about some Braves, too. It's the Crossover Podcast, episode 125, here on 960theref.com and the 960theref app. True Italian food has returned to Five Points and brought some friends along because Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen is now open in Five Points, Athens. At the new Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen, you'll find all your Italian favorites from pizza to calzones and baked ziti, along with sandwiches, salads, wings, and more, plus a full bar for beer, wine, and cocktails. It's time to eat at the now open Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen at Five Points in Athens and also in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center off Mars Hill Road in Washington. Part two, episode 125, the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, also open in five points. And uh, we are heading into already the third weekend of the college baseball season. Georgia is eight and one, right? Eight and one, the record. That is correct. Overall. So, and now big series as they switch things up. No longer playing tech this year three midweek games but just one weekend series that'll start in athens on friday go to tech on saturday and then wrap up on sunday at it's cool ray field that is correct what because what's the the place the braves play now in spring training is called cool something field isn't it it's in north yeah it's in north port florida and it's it's called like cool now yeah, or cool today or cool something, today, something yeah. like that yeah yeah it's got uh, a funky name. It doesn't have anything to do with Cool Ray. It's just a coincidence. 
that it's the Braves Park. Cool today field. Cool today, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. where the Braves are spring training. Except air conditioning for, and air quality services in Sarasota. There you go. Well, they must have a lot of cash if they could sponsor the, <laughs> the Braves spring training facility. We won't even charge him for saying what we just said. No. Where uh, no Freddie Freeman. He says he's going to be back next week, though, and also says that he only needs like a week anyway to get ready for the season. So <laughs> he's not sweating it, but that elbow bothered him at the end of last year. Freddie homered on September 1st of last season and then did not hit another home run for the rest of the month. He did homer once in the playoff series against the Cardinals, but that's it. So there was a big power drop from uh, Freddie last year over the last month of the season. He And then he struck out a bunch in that last series of the year against the Mets in the regular season. And he, w- he was being bothered by a sore elbow that had bone spurs and whatnot in it. And he got through the, the Cardinals series and then ended up having surgery on it. But now here we are already first week of spring training and it's flared up on him again. He had three loose bodies removed from his elbow in October. This according to the Associated Press. And, you know, he was supposed to be ready to go for spring training here, and now all of a sudden he's been scratched. He's going to sit out a week, but we're being told everything's good. Nothing to worry about. We'll see. I hope they're right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we but don't. It sound good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I'm prepared to just take them at their word that it's going to be fine, but, yeah, it doesn't sound good that he had this trouble at the end of last season and it's still kind of bothering him now. And even if it's one of those things where maybe he can he can go for a little bit and the more you know the more stress he puts on it, maybe something will flare up from time yeah. to time during the season, but like the Braves don't need him missing that many games throughout the course of the He's year. He's their second best player. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> He's I mean, their second best player. And he I mean, I he played almost every game last year. I'm for him having maybe a few more days off than he than he had a year ago, but he doesn't need to be hitting these stretches where, like, yeah, he's going to be out of the lineup for a week. No, that's not good. Because obviously there's a big drop-off there, at uh, not just at the plate, but in the field as well. He's an excellent defensive first baseman, too. Yeah. I think his defense was affected a little bit by the by the, the problem he was having with his elbow. Well, in that the, the meltdown inning against yeah, the Cardinals, he, he had a big error. error. Yeah, he did. But if Acuna's their best player, Freeman's their second best player. Who do you think? Who would you go? We were trying to figure this out the other morning. The top five count, and you got to put pitchers and players in there together. Oh, so the pitchers count too. So I would say Soroka, Albies, and then who's number five? It might be Azuna already. Yeah, yeah. It's not any of the catchers. It's not Swanson. It's not Marcakis. Although I do like that Marcakis wants to beat the Astros up. <laughs> beat down. Yeah, they need a beat down. Um, yeah, is it... For I about a month last year, it was Riley. It was Riley, and then he came back down to earth. I don't know. Cole Hamels? Is it free? He's going to miss the beginning of the yeah. season. They don't, really have, they don't really have a... It's like they got one, two, three, and then kind of a four, and then like five through 25 is kind of a mixed bag. I, I guess I'd say Ozuna would be in the top five. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. And the, I had him fourth. Yeah, and, for, and, and then, then Soroka. Soroka's, so you have, yeah, those, that would be your top five. Yeah. And then after that, I don't know. Now, maybe King Felix, He's he's got a little something cooking in, down in the spring so far. How'd he do today? He's pitching as we speak. Uh, I'd, he had given up a see. run. Okay. That was it. He was out. I think he pitched a couple of innings, gave up a run. That was okay. it. 
All right. That's all right. Bill Shank says he'll be the number five starter when when the Braves head uh, oh, really? uh, north. Or not, they're not really headed north. They're going to head west. They open they're going to go Arizona, straight from right? spring training to Arizona and then to San Diego. He thinks with the situation with Hamels that um, we'll be looking at King Felix as the number five starter. Two and two-thirds, three hits, one run. He did have four strikeouts. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, Soroka, Freed. <laughs> Luke Jackson doing Luke Jackson things oh, with gosh. two walks in an inning, but he also had two strikeouts. Yeah, hey. <laughs> A zero where it counts, that's in the run column. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But um, I think Luke Jackson gets a little bit of uh, a bad rap. He does. Yeah. He, he Last year, I get it, but he was in a role that he shouldn't have been in. Right. Other than that, he was he was really the Braves' best reliever. Yeah. But he, when he was put into that closer role, yeah. it just magnified when it was he was blowing saves. Totally. But he was better than his perception. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, well, the dogs and jackets this uh, this weekend trying this uh, something new here. Now, is this is is this already like set long term or is I don't this... think so. Okay, I don't think so. I will definitely know after this weekend, but I think they are they did this this year to see how they liked it, and if they were okay with it, they would try it again. Right. I um, know the fact that they can't play in the Braves Stadium is probably yeah. That, uh, it's funny. It's like. The, the dogs and tag it's like you you do something good and to try something and then it kind of blows up a little bit because of the situation at the TP and they had some kind of ice show or snow show or something and it did enough to the field where they didn't want to have any games played on it until the Braves got back so now instead of playing over there they're playing it at Cool Ray I guess the difference is though You'll have instead of having twenty to twenty-five thousand fans kind of spread out, you're going to have ten thousand fans right there together, right on it. So maybe the the vibe of the game will be good. It's just going to feel like maybe a regional or something like that with everybody on top of each other. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's you know we'll see how it how it plays out. I, I like it. I'm for it. I want to see how it goes. But I, I wish we were playing over at uh, you know over at Truist. Well, yeah, and that's the the. That's the one the downfall the of the series in the when it's in the middle of the week is yeah. the two teams are trying to win, but no one's throwing their right. front line pitching. Yeah. So, so in, in essence, they are going to try to win this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Hancock will pitch and Wilcox will pitch, yep. and you know, CJ will go Sunday. Yeah, hopefully he'll have a good outing too. But if those guys were this was on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't even sniff getting in there because I'm right. thinking like last year when Georgia played that 20 inning game against Clemson like that was there was a point where like well Emerson Hancock is never going to come and pitch this game <laughs> you know Cole Wilcox is not, not coming Tony in Losey's not coming in yeah I mean, at some point yeah. they would have just I mean the position player would have come in or just whoever was on the mound at the end would have just you're gonna your arm's either gonna fall off or I the did game feel bad will finally the other end. night Kennesaw speaking of games that felt like they would never end they brought in one of their position guys to pitch, and he actually he liked it. It's some pretty good stuff, and then all of a sudden he has to leave. And he's already lucky he got his hurt. arm. Yeah, I felt yeah. bad for him. Yeah, I hope he's okay. But I guess that's what happens when you start doing that. That's why I'm I'm in a lot of agreement with you on the fact that it's like, hey, after like t- eleven or twelve innings, it's okay to go home. You know, if you don't have the pitching, you don't have it. Or why how, do you have to stay out there for eight more innings? What about like what sudden death? And I, you know what? If you're the home team, 
if you lose, if you give up a run in the tenth inning, you lose. Yeah, you had nine innings, but it's sudden death overtime right, yeah. from here. The next team to score wins. <laughs> or instead of protecting home, you got to protect third. The first <laughs> right. team that gets to third, yeah. they win the you game. You win the game, <laughs> but it's like, like just like, have sudden death overtime then. And I know well, we we don't get our last at bat. No, yeah. you've had you've gotten that yeah. bat last nine times. I know. I know. I, I I wish as much as I complain about the NFL and their sudden death, I'd be hypocritical if I were with you on that take. Because and I get it. I mean, if you kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance to score. But if you score a touchdown, the other the team en- doesn't get a chance. Yeah, the that NFL drives me crazy. It's horrible. Yeah, it drives me crazy. Yeah. But yeah, maybe after you've played six extra innings in baseball, then you just go to a sudden death. Right. Yeah. So like, it's the bottom of the fifteenth. <laughs> yeah. If you don't score here, but you yeah. give up a run in the top of the 16th, Game you're, not, you're not batting again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. yeah when you get to the 16th inning, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to be a hypocrite on that one. Or how about uh, after nine innings, do a coin toss. <laughs> so you could decide. You win the toss. All right, well, we're, we're going to bat first now. Yeah. And then if, you know, sudden death from there. So the home team could bat first in extra innings if they win the toss. What about, like, uh, you know, that crazy – High school overtime rule that they used to have penetration. Yeah, what if you did that in baseball? Where like, all right, here's the top of the tenth. You're the visiting team. You're playing the inning normally. If you score two runs or five runs, that's one thing. But if the farthest you get is the, is second base, then or let's say it's a three up three down inning, then the home team only has to get a guy to first base and they win on penetration. Yeah, all right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think that would be funny. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No one would know what's going on, but you know, hey, there's other ways to shorten the game. Especially if you have that rule that they're it's like in that international league where you can now steal first. <laughs> yeah. So if there's if like the count is Nothing and nothing, and yeah. there's a wild pitch. You could take you could off. Take off. You could take off for first on that wild pitch. <laughs> so you're like your extra innings. Like, oh, uh, all we have to do is get a runner up yeah. first base now. Yeah. Just take off and try and steal first. <laughs> oh my gosh, that yeah. would be that'd be funny. I'm yeah, gonna I'm, yeah, I'm gonna start pushing for something like that. And baseball is kind of going crazy with all its rules changes. Trying, I don't know. Well, during the basketball game last night, I just kept seeing that scroll. And I don't necessarily disagree with it about the MLS owner. It says, 25 years from now, soccer's passing baseball. I know. Well, okay, 25 years from now. He's probably right. might be, yeah. Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree with that. That's still a long way away, though. I predict by 2045. It'd be bolder if you were like, no, by like 2025. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 on to it. I don't disagree with that. Things do change. Soccer's definitely on the rise. Well, I mean, in in Atlanta, you could argue uh, United. Mm-hmm. United's more popular than the Falcons now, just based on the crowds at the stadium and when one plays versus the other. I have to get it in my head too that when people start talking about the bins and the stadium, well, it gets you know it only gets used you know eight times a year for the Falcons. Like at, don't don't uh, count out Atlanta United because when they play there, that place is packed. Yeah, it's, it actually looks like a good atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, the Falcons no, games does. are dreadful. The Falcons games are awful, and I don't think they're getting any better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, with what you know, just the status quo in place, where the GM says they're they haven't decided whether or not they're going to exercise Tack McKinley's fifth year option. The coach says they're not. The coach says, oh, well, we'll just go with whatever the GM said. Yeah. And then the team says that the 
coach didn't understand the question. (laughs) Okay. Love the Falcons. Yep. All right, appreciate you checking us out again. As always, the Crossover Podcast, Episode 125, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville, also in five points. Again, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can listen whenever you want on demand at 960theref.com. But the, the easiest and the best way to get us is to download the 960theref app. And you can get all of our on-demand content there. Listen to the ref uh, anytime you want, anywhere you are. Also, you can stream Georgia sports programming within a 75-mile radius, like uh, this weekend's series, Dogs and uh, Jackets on the Diamond. For Dave, I'm Chris. This has been The Crossover Podcast. Again, thanks to Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and Five Points here on 960theref.com and the 960theref app. You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.